Hello, everyone. Welcome to Smoke the Podcast, episode 15. Uh, today, we have a special guest, um, Ryan's father and my uncle, Uncle Frank. Welcome to the podcast. Glad to be here. Um, so today, we are going to talk about Uncle Frank's GSP, and we have a special whiskey um, that's going to uh, kind of go along with it. So what's in the glass, Teddy? In the glass is Bird Dog Small Batch Bourbon Whiskey. Um, Uncle Frank is typically not a uh, whiskey drinker, but he's going to taste it. And so you're going to uh, hear some tasting notes from someone that doesn't typically drink whiskey. Um, so the uh, Bird Dog Small Batch Bourbon Whiskey uh, from the website, Bird Dog Small Batch Bourbon. Uh, is a masterfully crafted spirit. Uh, it is created by carefully combining our best premium aged Kentucky bourbons until the desired distinct and bold flavor profile is achieved. Um, so, uh, you know, the, the little notes they have on their website is the colors golden reddish amber with honey hues. Uh, you guys can all look and see if you see that. It is kind uh, of a reddish. A little bit. I, I see a lot of honey, I guess. That way, yeah. in the bottle. Yeah, in the bottle it does. Yeah, we have, uh, we have ours in glass with ice. Um, on the nose, a deep and full caramel and oak aroma. Uh, the body, light undertones of honey and golden raisins are complemented by the richness of caramelized wood sugar. And on the finish, approachable and smooth, fading with a subtle warmth. So, on the nose already, it's weird. I'm, I'm definitely getting apple. Huh. Like a honey, <laughs> like maybe a honey crisp apple, but like I'm getting apple for sure. You know what? That's funny. I don't know if you put that in my head, but it does uh, smell Sorry, a little apple. I shouldn't have said that. No, that's that's good. I mean, that's. What do you? What does it smell like? I do smell like a caramel. Caramel. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. So, cheers, cheers. everybody. <sighs> that's smooth. That's very smooth. Wow, that's like really smooth. I like that. Um, smooth. Yeah. But uh, like we've said, sometimes smooth doesn't quite equate to a lot of flavor. Um, so with all this description, I don't know if I necessarily taste honey and golden raisins, but um, I mean, it's not bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely more on the nose than it is on the, on the flavor for me. Um, so here are some unique facts. It's 43% alcohol by volume. Uh, making it 86 proof. Um, I kind of seen it online from uh, about 22-ish to about 37 dollars. So I would always say uh, be careful when buying it. You don't want to overpay. Um, you can get it for around 25 bucks. That's probably a pretty good deal. And thank you to our, our cousin Anthony, uh, who was on the podcast uh, previously yeah. for uh, eyeballing this and picking it up and saying that we should have Uncle Frank on the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to talk about uh, his bird dog while we drink bird dog bourbon. Yes. Um, this is one of three Kentucky bourbons that they make. Um, the 10 year features um, a GSP just like uh, Sam, the dog we're going to talk about today. Yes. Um, and then the small batch, the one that we have, features a Treen Walker Coonhound on the bottle. Um, and I believe the other one is just the, I don't know if it's straight Kentucky it's a, bourbon. Yeah. And I believe that one's the Irish Setter. The Irish Setter, yeah. Um, they actually, the, the reason how, the only reason I knew of Bird Dog was because they make a lot of flavored whiskeys. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and they have a whole selection of flavored whiskeys, everything ranging from like chocolate to peach to apple to everything else. Yeah, I did notice that uh, when looking, looking through the website when doing some research on this. But yeah, surprisingly, this is pretty decent for a, a bourbon that I really didn't know a whole lot about. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, so today we're record- recording indoors, so we have no cigar. And um, Sam, the bird dog, is... Roaming asleep around. right now, I think, but he might be roaming around and checking up on us. He's winding down. <laughs> yeah, it's his wind down time. Um, so yeah, in case you hear that, in case we had to let him out, you know, that's that's what you're hearing. Um, so do you want to move on to the firearms topic of the day? Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, uh, today's firearms topic of the day is Sam the GSP, um, or the hunting dog, or bird dog, whatever you want to call him. So. My dad owns a German short-haired pointer, a.k.a. GSP, and his name is Sam, and he uses him for upland game hunting. So, before we get into hunting dog-specific questions, we just wanted to ask you, what made you choose upland game over all the other types of hunting? I think for me, the, what I remember of upland game was going with my dad when I was, when I was a little boy. Um, I was probably about eight to 10 years old, I don't really remember. I just know that his Belgium Sweet 16 was really, really heavy when he let me shoot it <laughs> <laughs> at a bird. And it hurt, and I didn't say a word because um, you don't want to be a complainer if you're out with the guys hunting. <laughs> went, went dove hunting and enjoyed it, but I think what I enjoyed most was when he went pheasant hunting and I went with him. And I had the opportunity also to go with my cousins and they had bird dogs as well. And I think that was what my exposure was uh-huh. to upland hunting. Oh, wow. So when I got of age to do it and realized that I could do this, uh, I would enjoy all hunting, but my preference would be upland. Yeah. And I think it's because I like being where upland birds are. Yeah. Yes, upland birds definitely live in beautiful places. They do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we've, we've done a bit of dove hunting, but um, nothing's quite as fun as trekking the mountains looking for quail or or chucker because the elusive chucker the elusive chucker you get some uh (laughs) some beautiful views even if you don't get any chucker yeah yeah being on rim rocks as opposed for chucker as opposed to a uh, open field with weeds for dove is the difference absolutely (laughs) well and the people that are hunting typically are the difference too right it's quieter and you're alone (laughs) yeah yeah okay and then more importantly than, than just Upland Game, why did you choose to hunt Chucker? Yeah, the toughest bird. The toughest, <laughs> the devil bird. Um, you know. Because obviously you dragged us down with you. I did. Yes. <laughs> but I think one of the reasons that you guys like it is because of the scenery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's one of them. I think for me, I've always been one of those guys, you guys know I surfed um, almost my whole life. And I would rather go somewhere where there was less people because I kind of felt like I was alone. could appreciate nature a little bit more. Yeah. And chucker is that way. Yeah. So when I go chucker hunting and you drive and then you drive out on a dirt road for another hour and then you walk for many hours after that, you don't see anybody. Yeah. But animals. Yeah. And hopefully chucker. Yeah. Um, well, even if you don't see Chucker, you mostly, uh, most likely hear them. You do hear, <laughs> you hear them, them laughing right. at you a little bit. <laughs> yeah. They will laugh at you. Yeah. And, I, and I think, too, for me, it, it keeps you physically fit. There's yes. a physical aspect yeah. to Chucker hunting. Um, and I know that all year long. And I'm getting up in age, so 
it requires me to do a lot more uh, cardio. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely sparked, uh, at least was a, a little bit of a reason that sparked my weight loss. Um, I had recently lost a bunch of weight, and, and a lot of it was um, going up in the hills for the first time. Um, I was I was a lot heavier, um, but I was in, for a, for a big guy, you know, pretty decent shape because, you know, I play racquetball and stuff, but um, just going up, up in those mountains was really tough, and I just thought, man, if I can drop some weight, it'd be a lot easier to uh, get up there. Um, yes. And it really was. The, the first time I went hunting, um, uh, being about 100 pounds down, it was way different. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, you're, you're not struggling with, um, you know, the, the mental aspect of, oh, you know, I'm so tired. You know, you can actually focus on, on looking for birds and, and actually hunting. You, you uh, went up some pretty big hills the last <laughs> time I went. Yeah. <laughs> right, right next to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I would say... Um, Definitely, if you want to get in some physical fitness, try upland, upland game hunting. It's so quiet up there, too. Yes. Um, the only thing you hear is your heartbeat. Yeah. <laughs> to the top. Breathing. Yeah. No, I, those two are definite scenery being kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Um, the challenge, the, the cardio aspect of it. But there's also an aspect of it that I think is different than any other type of hunting. And, and not to say that I've done a lot of any other type of hunting, but... You know, you always hear of guys uh, setting out the legal bait stands for different types of big game and they just sit up in a tree and wait. Like they walk out or drive out to their tree stand, sit, wait, take the shot, clean the animal and come home. There's no thrill of the chase and there's something ultimately satisfying even if you don't get a bird about running all over the mountain being so, so, so close but maybe not quite getting one or... Right. You know, yeah, you, after I brought down my first quail, it was like, oh my gosh, I got one. Right. And you it's funny. You definitely put in work. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure that there are guys all over the U.S. right now that will listen to this and go, what are they talking about? Having to work to shoot a quail? <laughs> They're all over the place, you know? But I don't think people realize how scarce game is in California, especially Southern California. Northern California is a different story, but... Right. In, in the... The years that we happened to choose were the years that we had a drought. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Our last good year was 2010. And there were quite a few birds, from my understanding, mm -hmm. back then. And this year was a good year, so I'm hoping that that's all going to change. Yeah, yeah. So if we can get a, a couple good years back-to-back, -back, that'd be we're gonna ideal. See, you're right. We're going to see uh, chucker and quail, yeah. I think, in abundance this year. Yeah. Okay, so... You start hunting. Um, what makes you, what made you uh, leap get get the leap into getting a hunting dog? Uh, a, a bunch of things. I think I've always <laughs> wanted a hunting dog um, instead of a small lap dog like we've always had. Uh -huh. um, we also had a, a a dog that was a uh, part Jack Russell. Oh yeah, and you can see him work as a hunting dog. Mm -hmm. And after seeing a few hunting dogs, you kind of always wanted those. But I think when I took up hunting, and I joined Quail Forever, just about every one of those guys has a hunting dog. Yes. And yeah, you're you're definitely in the minority if you hunt upland game and don't have a dog. And and I don't think you need a hunting dog because I can enjoy it without a hunting mm -hmm. dog. I do like dogs as companions. And when you watch a dog work, and he's your team, I don't think there's much else quite like that. Yeah, so. yeah, I agree. Um, the times I've gone out with Sam, it was really fun to watch him work because 
Sam is 100% into hunting. I mean, it, it's, you can just tell, you know, <laughs> no they, doubt. It's bred yeah. to do that. I mean, he, he is just, just the way he dives into like a bush to look for something. I mean, he's just 100% focused and you can tell the difference between the car ride up and getting off the truck and put the collar on him and he's just ready to go. Yeah. He can smell it. Mm-hmm. The moment you hit the uh, high desert and you crack that window, he's up and his eyes are <laughs> his eyes are scanning. Mm-hmm. And he's ready to go. He, yeah. uh, it would be a a shame to not hunt him. <laughs> Once you see him hunt, it would be a shame to not hunt yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. Dogs are definitely bred for this, those specific purposes. And I can attest to the fact that, that Sam was 100% bred to hunt. Um, I know we've talked about my dogs on the podcast before. I have a Siberian Husky and a, and a German Shepherd. And the German Shepherd is 100% bred to protect. Like that is her instinct. She will sit by the door. She will sit in front yes. of the doorway. She'll sit near myself, my wife, by anyone in the house and just wants to always be alert. That is how Sam is when it comes to hunting. I mean, it's just, you can't break him from it. It's, it's awesome. Yes, and, and it's so funny that... Today, we had to break Sam away from pointing at a spot on the side of the house for whatever reason. <laughs> it looked like something. Yeah. yeah. He, he does. When he locks in on point, whatever he locks in on, he's not leaving until <laughs> that animal bird moves or I have to physically pick him up and move him. It's, yeah. It's the way yeah. it is. Yeah. When we were quail hunting, he would lock in on a quail. And it doesn't matter if you're 200 yards away. He will hold it until mm-hmm. you get there. Yeah. yeah. And if you don't show up, he's still going to hold it. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't teach him that. That's all. <laughs> that is bred in him. <laughs> so that goes to my next question. What made you choose uh, the German short hair pointer over your other, you know, Brittany's or other dogs? Was it just or opportunity? Or retrievers or anything? Yeah. yeah. I think it, it was a lot of opportunity. At the same time, I was hoping that it would be a German short hair. I, uh, most of the guys... Unquote forever that from the group that I'm with have German short hairs. Um, they're versatile. They have very strong prey drive. Um, I was a little worried about getting a, a German short hair, how he would be in home life. I'll, we'll talk about that later. He's he's wonderful home mm-hmm. dog. But I think I wanted something that had the bloodlines of hunting and opportunity came. And so I took advantage of it. I, I would say that if anybody were to go out and buy a dog, yes, you can buy a dog and just make the best out of it. <clears throat> but if you want to chucker hunt, find a breeder that breeds dogs that chucker hunts. It doesn't matter what it is. I'd be happy with a Brittany. I'd be happy with a wire hair or a English pointer. Um, I will say now that I have a German short hair pointer, I'm very partial to him. Oh yeah. And I see him, and I see him mixed with other dogs, and you know, and, and in my mind, I look at him and go, yeah, the German short hair is the superior <laughs> dog. And I'm, I'm sure the lab guys would be like, no way, you know, or the setter guys would be no way. But for me, probably because he's my first dog. Yeah. I'm partial to him. Yeah, and I mean, Sam's a beautiful dog. Yeah. I always describe him when I tell people. That he, he's an elite athlete. <laughs> he's pretty studly. Um, yeah. And I don't know if that's... You just got a good one or if that's uh, the way the, the breed is. I'm, I'm sure the breed has a lot to do with it. but It does. And I think the 
within the breed, there are different breeders within the breed that have different traits. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know this when I got Sam that he was actually his his um, father is actually German from Germany. So he's a Deutsche Kurzauer, um, and the mom is from Oklahoma. So they have special traits that they breed within their dogs. They call them power pointers, and he, he's without a doubt a power. He points. <laughs> it's a dramatic point. Yes, you know, that he's yes um, that's one thing I noticed is yeah. even without any experience with Sam, the very first time I went out, you can tell when he's on point. Yeah. I mean, there's, there was no doubt in my mind when uh, there was birds around and when he was on point. Right. It was very easy to tell. And if he's bored, he'll point at a fly or a bee. Uh-huh. Um, but the point is drastically different than when he's pointing <laughs> at a game bird. When he points at a game bird, it's completely different. Well, it's no doubt. What about when he points at like a rabbit or a squirrel or some of the other things that you come across when you're hunting? Um, he sees rabbits at a distance, so he stalks them, and then he'll <laughs> he'll eventually point at them. Yeah. Whereas the birds, he's looking for it, and he's smelling them, and I don't know what it is about uh, quail, pheasant. I don't know what it is. In his mind, but I can see it and go, he's on a bird. Oh, okay. And it's a game bird. Yeah. He, he points at crows, he looks at him, but it's, I don't know how to explain it. It's a weaker point. Yeah. It's not as stiff and sturdy and yeah, yeah. Um, meaningful, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it, he more just indicates, okay, there's something over there, but it's not what we're looking for. Right. Kind of a thing. Right. Well, I'll have to take him out cottontail. <laughs> oh, maybe I'll get him strong pointing on a cottontail. And then being that he is German, I wonder if he points in German. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I would say my Siberian husky only speaks and thinks in Russian, so that's why she doesn't listen to anything I say. <laughs> Sam does have a mind of his own when he gets excited. Um, he can do that. So, and obviously, um, you know, we asked kind of why you chose a German short hair pointer, but was there any specific reason, and there, and there might not be, why you chose Sam specifically? Sam was opportunity, actually. I wish I could say that I did homework. I was doing homework. Yeah. Um, and I can say that I picked out the specific breeder that, that catered to my specific <laughs> style of hunting, but I, that's all new to me. Yeah. Um, so I, I needed, I just wanted something, and... It was a luck of the draw. Yeah. I happened to be looking, and there he was. He was started already, so he had been force-fetched and collar-trained. So he had some training already, and um, the opportunity was there, and I took advantage of it. Yeah, and as I recall, he was a very decent price for a German short-haired pointer. <laughs> especially especially uh, being started. Oh, yeah. 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 And then I found out a lot more afterwards right. about the breeder. And then it made me want to go get a new puppy. Because <laughs> they had puppies about three months ago. Okay. And um, as cute as they were, and we just couldn't do it yet because I'm still, still trying to figure out Sam. Right, right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Someday, I'll hopefully have one with two dogs. Okay, okay. Um, and then uh, this is kind of a little bit off topic, but I know you've owned like retrievers in the past when you were younger. How does he compare to some of the other hunting dogs that you've owned? I don't know if I could really compare him. I had a Chesapeake, and she was a great dog. But I don't know that I can compare him. Um, for one, I didn't know what I was doing then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, I took her out, and I tried to hunt with her. And she's a water dog. Right. You right. know, waterfowl dog. 
And I never took her waterfowl hunting. I took her quail hunting. <laughs> <laughs> she retrieved birds. Yeah. So she did what she needed to do. Yeah. Um, she didn't... We spend a lot of time together in the outdoors, and we spend a lot of time together um, training. Okay. You know. So I can't really compare them to anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Saying. Okay. Um, well, speaking of training, what training have you done with Sam? And then you said he had some training prior to you getting him. He did. So he was already collar trained, which is really nice, and, and it works great. Um, I put that... Uh, collar on and I can track him and beep him and he returns when when he needs to you've seen him too yes yeah when he's out there he'll be quite a ways out there he checks in with me <laughs> and we've only hunted a few times so I'm hoping this year we're gonna build that uh, hunt you know master dog relationship where we'll know what each other's doing and what each other's thinking and how this whole thing's gonna work because I started to get a little flavor for that but we go out every day and we'll work on the two things I need him to do is stop when I tell him to stop and return when I tell him to return. Mm -hmm. Everything else is icing on the cake. Okay. Like he's already going to point. Yeah. No matter what. Um, he retrieves pretty good. And I know some dogs don't, but he retrieves pretty good. He's not clean in his, ret his retrieval in the sense that he comes back to the hill position and drops it in my hand. He just comes back. And I grab it and take it from him. <laughs> if it's a ball, he's it's not as exciting to him, so he'll just drop it <laughs> before he gets to me. <laughs> but we'll, we practice every day. Okay. We go out every day and we'll work on something. Right now, I, I'm trying to get him to stay steady and not chase the birds. You um, notice, yes. notice him chasing birds. Yeah. In well, fact, we could talk about that one a little bit later. We'll talk about <laughs> more about him chasing birds later, but... The very first time I took him pheasant hunting, missed the pheasant. The pheasant takes off. Sam just takes off, and he leaves. Oh. And I thought he was gone in the desert and was never going to return again. <laughs> I called him to re recalled him using the call, using my voice, and uh, he just kept on running. And about three minutes later, way out in the distance, I see a dog pop out of the bushes, and he comes sprinting back to me. <laughs> I don't want him to do that yeah. anymore. So yeah, <laughs> we're trying to get him to stay steady. Okay. So I need you guys <laughs> when I'm with him. So you guys can do the shooting. I'll handle him. Hold yeah. him steady. Yeah. We'll work on it a little bit. If I can get him to stay steady to shot so that when the bird drops, he sees it. And goes oh, and I see. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, okay. I can attest to Sam's, um, I guess, attitude a little bit where I think you are definitely his master because... He uh, was hunting by me one time, and you were over a hill, and you you beeped him uh, to come back, and he immediately sat and looked for you. And uh, I went, he's over there. I pointed over to uh, over the hill, and then he walked up to the top of the hill, and I think he made a you know a visual, got a visual on you, and then he was kind of okay. But with it. as soon as as soon as you beeped him, I mean, it was an immediate sit down and look, you yeah. know, look around to see where you were. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I noticed when we were all the three of us had taken him out that first time before we got rained out. I just noticed everywhere we went, he would run to me, run to Theodore, and then right back to you and like check in right. and like, okay, yeah, I'm hunting with everybody, but you know, I yeah, gotta... we were part of the team, but we weren't the coach. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, we we were we were like him. We were on his level. Yeah. like we were just his equals walking around like. 
yeah, these guys aren't as fast as me, and they don't smell <laughs> the birds as good as I do. And, and they don't shoot anything either. Yeah. <laughs> or at least I don't. Yeah. I took a couple shots, but yeah, they, uh, that was a rough day. That, that rain had them scattered. Yeah. Um, so uh, what kind of equipment do you use when you say a collar? What, do you, uh, what kind of collar is it? Uh, a Garmin. Garmin Alpha. Okay. Okay. And uh, it was recommended to me by the guys that um, I hunt with, or actually from Quail Forever. I did a little bit of research, and it seemed to be the one where I can track them. I don't so it's a GPS unit? GPS unit, and it's really, I really like it. I can, I can beep them, vibrate, or sh deliver a shock if need be, and it's all adjustable. Mm -hmm. So I, can, I don't have to deliver a heavy shock, just something to get his attention. And he knows the difference. He knows if he's, if he's got to the vibration level, <laughs> the next level is going to be a little rougher. <laughs> so he listens to it. Yeah. And it's kind of a way of having a leash. You know, in his mind, it's like, I don't know how you're out. I'm this far away from you, but you're still kind of controlling me <laughs> with that leash. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, from what I've seen, the, the vibration usually does a pretty good job. Um, and, you know, I mean, the shock's basically for emergency like you need to stop immediately or there's impending danger right um so yeah every time i've seen you uh buzz him with the vibration he usually yeah usually with a tone well. just a yeah quick, usually yeah, the tone, works. The tone yeah <clears throat> and i do, and, and usually i'll use my voice yeah but you you know what it's like when we're out there you lose sight of them because yeah. there's hills so you yeah. don't see them that's the other nice thing about the gps on my uh alpha garmin alpha handheld i can see where he is so it'll point me a direction, and um, I can see, you know, which direction he is, and it tells me how far away he is, and I'll go up to nine miles. Hopefully, I'll never get to nine miles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll keep him a little closer than that. So I, I, I really like it, and it also tracks his miles, which is a, was a good learning experience, experience for me, because I didn't realize how much he actually runs. He did 31 miles one day, and I had no idea that he had ran that much. Yeah, that uh, I, you know he he runs a lot. You know, I guess you don't realize it because he's always kind of in close proximity to you. So you you kind of assume that he's running something close to what you're yeah. you know walking, but it's not even close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know that one morning. I think we only did what three, two, three miles. No, maybe it was a little. I think more it was closer there. to five. Five miles. Five miles. And then it started raining, and we headed back. And I'm thinking, oh, cool, we did five miles. Sam probably did what six, seven, because he was zigzagging <laughs> or whatever. I think he had almost fifteen miles. Yeah, I think or he was about like fifteen. That. Yeah. Almost tripled what we did. The other day that you and I went. Oh After yeah. that. Yeah. He was in the twenties. Yeah. And I think we did about six and a half, seven miles. Yeah. And then I know we've gone around here too in the the hills right. and he's run up and down some hills that I wouldn't even want to slide down. Yeah. <laughs> They're so steep. It's pretty crazy. So for you personally, how how close do you like your dog to hunt? How far out ahead do you want him to be or not want him to be? I have learned to give them a, I haven't hunted much with them yeah. and I'm, I'm sure I'll find that sweet spot but I like keeping him 100 yards and he'll go out to 150 yards and I think if I were to let him he might even go further but I don't like him going more than that mm -hmm. uh, for a couple reasons one is I lose sight of him and the further away he is I don't feel like I have as much control of him um, I like him checking in with me 
plus if I'm chucker hunting and he's on a hill 100 or 250 yards away and he's on point, that means I got to run up the hill <laughs> yeah. and be able to stop my breathing enough to shoot a bird. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a few reasons I'd like to keep him in, in about the 150 yard range. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my limited experience with hunting with dogs, it's a little nerve wracking uh, when they go out a certain distance, even though you know you have the collar on him and you, you know where he is just you know you lose sight and you know it's just like where did he go you know <laughs> right. um it's it's funny because when we were uh hunting uh for quail at the woodland uh club it it's flat mm-hmm. and sometimes you would it's so flat and then all of a sudden you can't see him like, well, i mean <laughs> right how did he disappear you know yeah it's amazing because you'll track <laughs> him and he'll get behind a bush mm-hmm. and, and he's running so you, I can hear his collar ring. It, it makes like a bell sound sometimes, <laughs> you know, it's, it's his tag. Yeah. Um, so I can hear that, but then there's sometimes I don't hear it. And all of a sudden I'm looking and looking and looking and he's already way, way down further than what I ever thought he would be, you know? <laughs> yeah. He's definitely fast. And it's a little bit easier to give him some distance when I'm with you guys. Because if I'm in the center, you guys are in the sides. Yeah. He can swing out and go beyond you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then swing back. Yeah. He kind of does that like a figure eight pattern. Yeah. Yeah, I've noticed that he does kind of do that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know even just around the neighborhood when we've walked and gone and just, you know, tore through the, the fields over, you know, uh, across the way. It's it's amazing to me how quickly he can get so far away. Right. Or how quickly he can come back, too. I know we were at the top of that one hill and you yelled to him and I was like, there's no way he's going to come back up here. This thing's crazy steep. You know, and the next thing I know, this dog's just like, oh, I'll be there. Hold on. (laughs) A couple seconds later, it felt like, I'm sure it was like 30 seconds, but I mean, it's amazing how quickly he cleared that hill. Yeah. I've had to learn patience somewhat too, because I feel like it's my motherly instinct, but my fatherly (laughs) instinct is initially when I took him out, I wanted to call him back at 50 yards and I lost sight of him and I started panicking and it's like, I realized that he's working and he's, he's, he's. He's getting sent on something, and he's wanting to go do something. Right. He's saying, let me do my thing. Right. <laughs> so I, yeah. I try to like give him, take the leash off. Yeah. <laughs> let him do what he's going to do, because he knows where the birds are more than I do. Yeah. Um, not always, you know, because yeah. sometimes, and now his, you guys heard him today, he knows what it sounds like. He knows what a quail sounds like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And now he knows the difference between my quail call and the quail. Yeah. Um, and so he'll go that direction, but initially he didn't. So I would have to kind of guide him. Yeah. Yeah. And he knows what the big five handed, uh, point. <laughs> yeah. Is. Yeah. That's one thing I noticed uh, that he does really well is when you give him direction, um, uh, just by pointing, you know, just, just, uh, putting your arm out and pointing a certain way. He, 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 he can, yeah. he's looking for you to tell him where to go sometimes. And I don't know how he learned the word turn. But I've used it quite a few times mm-hmm. when he's just not necessarily necessarily running straight out, but going to the right or to the left, and I want him to turn around, and I'll just say, Sam, turn. <laughs> and he turns. And he turns, yeah. and he starts going the other way. Yeah. You know, And it's kind of nice, because I don't have to recall him all the way back, check in, and then get back out again. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I just need you to go a different direction. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, so uh, let's talk about um, some of your, your hunting experiences so far, um, starting with uh, one of our first trips out. I don't know if, was, if this was your first trip out, the, the, 
the lower Sierras area. Um, that was the time we got rained out. Yeah. Did, uh, was that the that first That was our first trip, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, yeah, from what I remember, Sam was, uh, he was, he was running all over the place and <laughs> kind of just sniffing everything. I wasn't 100% sure, um, if he knew what he was looking for, but he, he was definitely looking for something. Um, kind of what, what do you think is the, uh, the difference from then to now? I mean, how, how do you, th you, do you think he's progressed? The biggest difference is that... I know that he knows what a quail smells like. Okay. And I know that he knows what a pheasant smells like. Um, not sure about chucker, but we'll we'll get him on that. Yes. Soon enough. So he will know what a chucker smells like. And the other big difference is I had only had him for, I don't know, when was that? Like maybe two to three weeks? Yeah, you yeah. had him. It was a really short time. Yeah. It was a short, short time. Because um, I remember I went with you to buy the collar and we went out literally, I think, the next... We yeah, right. Uh, yeah, you you bought the collar right. right before we went out. That's yeah, right. cause you had me programming it in the truck on the way. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm sitting there going, "Hey, did you know it does this?" And <laughs> yeah, we're kind of reading through the manual on the way up. And then I think I left it on while we were driving in the truck. It's like, man, Sam already ran 200 miles. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so you can see that my preparedness wasn't like top notch. You know, I think it's just we got them and kind of flying by the seat of. At least I was flying by the seat of my pants, yeah, hoping that it would all work out. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how he would react. But it is a lot different. And the other thing I noticed is shortly after we went out, I know that uh, we had gotten in around some quail. He scented them, and he didn't point them. He flushed them. Okay, yeah. And it was frustrating to me. It's like I didn't want a flushing dog, mm -hmm. and it bothered me. And I, he did it twice. And I think he got used to it from taking him to the field over here, and he was flushing sparrows and dicky <laughs> birds and things like that yeah uh, but once i got him on pheasant i think all that changed and just like the quail when we saw those quail he was his point is he was pointing yeah i don't know if you guys remember sorry not to change the okay. subject but to go back to when we were hunting in the lower sierras that morning i don't know if you remember but we were along that stream for a while and there was that really thick brush mm -hmm. and he was panicking along the stream like he knew that there was something there but wasn't pointing wasn't doing anything and that's when he flushed one of, there was because they were they had scattered because of the rain he flushed that single quill and i turned around and took a shot at it and that was also weird to me because he was right right by me when i took the shot um, mm -hmm. right below me and so I turn, I saw it flush, turn, boom. And it, by that time it was already way too far out because he had flushed it before I could even get close and everything else. Um, missed the bird. But what was crazy is that as soon as that gun went off, he was like, all right, where is it? Like, yeah. you know, so he didn't have quite any of the, I don't know how to explain it, but he didn't have the technique down, but he knew like bird, bang. Okay, now I need to go get something. Right. You know, he knew at least that much. And um, I think, uh, y y you know, he was running back and forth. I don't know that he necessarily was uh, looking for quail or knew what he was looking for, but he was definitely showing the signs of like, I want to, I want to do this, you know? Right. I want to yeah. hunt something. I just yeah. don't know what I want to hunt. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think the getting him on birds, I've taken him to the training park, put him on birds, uh, pigeons, mm -hmm. where he actually pointed I walked up I could walk around him flush the bird and have him retrieve the bird yeah that kind of solidified it kind of put all the pieces together you know yeah like he knew the pointing part he knows how to retrieve something 
Um, but he didn't know how to put it all, it all together. together <laughs> like searching, smelling, pointing, Folding. I flush, <laughs> I shoot, he watches, he retrieves and brings it back. Yeah. Like putting all that together it took some time. Yeah, yeah. It didn't just come natural. Yeah. All those pieces were natural in between or not yeah. natural, but he, he was doing them all, but not in the way that we wanted them. And I think probably... And I, I don't know, after after that happened, I, I just told myself, I'm not shooting birds that he doesn't point at. Yeah. Just so he knows that if he can't don't. be flushing birds. Yeah. That's not what he's here for. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us uh, a little bit about uh, the uh, Woodland Hunt Club. Is that where you put him on pheasant for the first That's time? That's where I put him on pheasant for the first time. Okay, and uh, Ryan and I were both not there. That was no. with your brother-in-law? Yeah, he, we, he pointed eight birds that day. Mm-hmm. Um, wouldn't have, wouldn't have seen any of them. We saw two, we, we, we saw 10 birds. We saw two that we didn't need Sam. The other ones we needed them. And I realized that, uh, he was a pretty good hunter when we had taken a break and we're eating lunch and he had already ran and he sat down. He had a little bit, a snack because I don't really feed him out there other than stuff to give him some energy and some water. He was resting, cooling him off. And while we're eating, he decides I want to go hunt. And so he takes off in the fill and I just let him hunt. And he hunted that fill and worked it. And I like to see him getting birdie. And now he's in the middle of the field. He's getting birdie and he locks up on point. And I didn't have my vest. I didn't have my gun ready. But he just <laughs> held, he held point until I went and got my shotgun, grabbed my vest, walked out, loaded up, walked up to him. <laughs> and he's staring in a bush and I don't see a thing. So I'm thinking it's a false point. But sure enough. There was a bird there, <laughs> and he, he actually didn't chase the bird. Shot the bird, he held, he held there, he didn't go after it until the bird was down, or the bird was shot, okay. and he ran, picked it up, and brought it back to me. That's awesome. <laughs> That's probably my favorite point, shoot, and retrieve that I've seen him do. So, um, what did you, uh, how, did, how did you know that there was a bird there? You couldn't see it immediately. I mean, did you just kick the bush? I mean, did, did he give any indication of where the bird was? Did you look at his eyes? Yeah, or? I looked at his eyes. Okay. I came up from behind him and I'm looking where his head is pointed and I couldn't see anything. So I kind of circled around. And um, as I circled around, I looked where his eyes were and I could see tucked in there was a bird. A little pheasant tucked under these bushes. So I was like, there is a bird. <laughs> <laughs> Sam was not lying. His Sam nose was not lying. It um, was that, real. That's one thing that uh, I will say. I, I trust Sam's nose. <laughs> you know, he, he knows. Uh, he knows what's going on when, when he gets to, when he gets on a scent. Right. His nose knows. His nose His knows. Nose, yeah. Nose. He really. Um, uh, and you can tell when he gets on that scent. Yeah. He. Um, you know, before ever hunting with a dog, you know, listening to other podcasts and uh, things about hunting dogs, is you hear people say that you know their dog getting birdie. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what that meant until I saw Sam get birdie. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's the only way you can really describe it. Is there's a bird somewhere. There is something there, and he knows it. <laughs> he knows and it. And he's got a scent of it. Yeah, his tail just goes crazy, and it's it's almost opposite of his point. You know, his, it is. His point is is the end where he just locks up and uh, completely freezes. Where when he's birdie, it's just. It, the excitement, it's, 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 it's kind of hard to his, uh, describe. His tail wags extremely fast, and then he will sniff, but he'll also stop with his tail wagging. <laughs> he arches his back almost and sticks his head up and mm-hmm. scans. 
and figures out which way he's going. Where, where is that scent coming from? You know, the other thing you learned a little bit about scent cone. You want your dog working into that scent cone. Okay, you know? yeah. Because then he's going to get a smell from it and follow the scent cone in. And he did a lot better that way. I know when we pheasant hunted, we came from behind, went past, and he ended up coming back. And I'm like, well, we just walked by there, but there was a breeze blowing, and so he didn't get the smell. Yeah. He got the scent and came back to him. I was like, well, he's, we just walked by the bird, and I didn't see it, but now he sees it and smells it. He didn't <laughs> see it, but he smelled it. And, and these are things that, um, as, a, as a dog uh, owner, you, you kind of think, like, you got to train yourself, too. You know, everybody wants to train the dog. Uh, but you got to learn how to work with your dog. I'm thinking he's training me a little bit. Yeah, and and, really and me too. The times I've gone out, yeah. yeah, you know, he's showing me how to hunt. <laughs> learning, learning from him, and I'm trying to get a little bit of control of him, but not enough to where I mess him up. <laughs> okay, so uh, this is going to be pretty interesting. Let's move on to the woodland hunt club uh quail experience his first time on quail um, <laughs> now this trip was just uh myself and my uncle frank and um you know it's kind of a last minute thing we we both went out there and um wanted to get them on some quail before before they ran out almost before the end of their season it's a private club so it's not you're not bound by the typical hunting um laws you know so mm-hmm. um I think where we went at the end of May, I think. It was, I think, the last day of May. Okay, yeah. And got a, we got a bunch of quail, and we had Sam, and they put them out in this grassy field. Almost like a loose Bermuda grass. Yeah, it was really thick. It was. Um, so thick that uh, even a couple times, it's, it's like I almost kicked them as I'm walking through the grass. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But that was the day that I realized uh, how good Sam's nose is, because... You know, I don't know, you know, a lot about these dogs, and uh, I don't know how far they're supposed to smell things, but, I mean, he, that stuff was so thick, I don't know how you can, you know, how he can pick up a scent, and, you know, he was, he was all over the place, he, he was looking for him. He was, and he obviously had the scent, and you noticed that that day he was working pretty tight, because that's mm-hmm. where the birds were. It's almost like we could stand in the area and just let him work it until he goes on point and then walk over there. Yeah, and I noticed a lot of times, uh, you know, the basically with these these private hunt clubs you you buy the birds and then they plan them for you and um you know it's a good good way to train your dogs uh where you're guaranteed to to find birds guaranteed to get them on that scent um and you know a lot of times i was just standing standing there watching sam kind of circle me and uh yeah that's where i that that's where i first really seen him get birdie where i go okay i think he might be onto something and then boom he'd lock up um do you want to tell him what happened uh, next <laughs> <laughs> for, well, <laughs> for a lot of the birds. <laughs> so the pen-raised birds don't fly like wild birds, and they don't run like wild birds. Right. Um, so because of that, and because of the grass that they were in, they had a tough time flying. So Sam, is he's being a hunting dog. He's looking at the bird. He gets a scent. He points at it, and he realizes, well, this bird is really close. <laughs> Within six inches Within close. Within six inches <laughs> close. And so when it flies out, it was just too tempting for him to just grab it. <laughs> yeah. So he takes a leap, grabs the bird, and then gives it to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no shots required, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I, I joked around that Sam was getting tired of me missing, yeah. so he just figured he would uh, take it into his own hands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did do better than we did. Yeah. 
And that is tough, though. I mean, the terrain in a, in a hunt club is never going to be the same as what no. you're going to experience out in the wild. Because no. typically where we see quail, it's sandy, it's dusty, it's, you know, there's a lot of uh, bushes and things for them to kind of wander through and evade. and They can run. And yeah, they're a lot they more run, skittish. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. They, these weren't able to run. And uh, I think the main thing for me was just getting him the scent Get, yeah absolutely. i wanted him to know what a quail was yeah what it smells like yeah by the end of the day he 100 percent knows what a quail is now he yeah. absolutely knows and he knows what wild quail are because we've been walking and there's quail here now and i hear him in the morning and i hear one calling i call the quail back <laughs> quail flies over us and sam saw that quail and his demeanor completely changed <laughs> it's like um I'm hunting now. Yeah, he went from a walk in the park to to being uh, doing his job. He did. And on the way there, we saw rabbits, and we saw crows, <laughs> and we saw all kinds of other birds that he stopped and looked at and did his little point. But when he saw the quail, completely different. Yeah. Awesome. Did he get birdie? He got birdie. <laughs> he got birdie. And the only problem was the quail ran across the street, and he was trying to get birdie across okay. the street. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's a little easy a little to get scary. birdie when you see the bird, you know. Yeah. So do you um, do you kind of what what do you do when you see a wild quail? I mean, because obviously you know you're you're not not able to shoot them. No. Um, you just let them point and then kind of pull them off of them. Let them point and 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 I'll I'll go up there, and it's a good time for me to uh, keep them steady. Mm -hmm. So I'll keep them. A lot of guys use the word whoa. Uh, I like I've always just used stay with him. I'm stay. And uh, as the bird flushes, I'll just hang on to him. And he, he wants to go, but he'll watch it until it flies away. And then we'll continue on. Awesome. Uh, so did Sam need any training to get over fear of uh, gunshots or anything like that? No. When, when I got him from um, the trainer, he, had, he, he told me that he had shot over him quite a bit in training and there was no problems with them and I didn't notice any either yeah so I didn't have to go through the whole the sound of gunshot training with him yeah he was but I think there. that comes just with certain dogs too it, they're just naturally like not afraid or just don't care I think some you know but I hear I hear a lot of podcasts and a lot of guys and um, they do have them and I know um, guys that have had Vishla, a couple Vishlas and they just took him right out and shot over him, and it was not a good thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Taking him to a, a shooting range is not a good thing. Yeah. It's it's something that's got to be slow. And they some of the guys will do things like while they're eating, maybe bang some pots and pans and see how he reacts. And yeah. Gets used to it and see how they react to different noises, and then you slowly build them up, and you build up the same with gunshot. Make sure they're doing something fun. You shoot at a distance. Yeah. And then you can bring it closer yeah. and closer and closer. Yeah. I know a lot of the guys that like the gun shows and, and, and things that we hunting shows and things that we've been to use the little cap guns too mm -hmm. as they start because it's not as loud or as right. deafening, but it's still enough to startle the dog or get the dog going, oh, okay, what, what was that? Uh, I know. With, 22. Yeah. Yeah. 22. Which would be fine. Yeah. Right. I've been around a lot of dogs um, that I've had, you know, uh, in my family, and almost all of them have been terrified of loud noises and fireworks. So um, that was one of the big thing that the big things that I found interesting was um, how hunting dogs deal with gunshots and yeah. how, how they, if, uh, you know, I just thought maybe, maybe it's the breed. 
um, where they're they don't have a fear of well, headshots or they have to be trained. I mean, some of them don't have a problem with it, but they have to be trained to do it. It's it's certainly weird because uh, you would think that my German Shepherd would be totally okay with loud noises and gunshots and things like that. I mean, they're bred to be defensive dogs, police dogs, military dogs, firearms. and. I mean that you you snap your fingers and she goes running, you know. Um, whereas my husky is like, oh cool, you're shooting a gun, awesome. Like that's awesome. Let me come sit near you. Well, our twelve pound multi poo loves guns. <laughs> <laughs> well, your twelve pound multi poo is a hunting dog at heart. Yeah, she's she's a, she, she's a little force to be reckoned with when it comes to the neighborhood lizards and mice and grasshoppers. Oh yeah, she's got a squirrel kill. Oh, yeah, oh, that's, that's right. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty good for a squirrel that's almost the same size. As <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, an 11-pound squirrel. <laughs> yeah, so you better be careful. Um, that's awesome. Um, so let, before we move on, let's want to revisit the whiskey. Yeah. Um, we actually poured up a little bit more, Ryan and myself. Um, I'm enjoying it. I mean, I, I think the main flavor is mostly caramel for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think this is a good one to drink neat uh, only because it it's... A little mild, it's not... Yeah, it, it's uh, the Gentleman Jack syndrome where it's delicious, but if you add too much ice or the water melts too much, it mellows out too much. Yeah, because it's already pretty mellow to begin with. Yeah. Um, but yeah. it's, it, I mean, it's good though. It's, it, I think, yeah, drinking it neat or when it, you know, maybe with a, a stone mm-hmm. um, would be the way to go just to keep it cool and... Uh, for not being a whiskey drinker, what did you, what did you uh, think of it? It was not, it was smooth, I... I, I don't drink whiskey, it was whiskey. at all. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, it wasn't one of those. I can't tell you to compare it to something because I don't know right. really what to compare it to. Um, I have a feeling the 10-year-old one that has a GSP on the front has got to be better. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be. Yeah. Just because it has a GSP on yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, I can I think it would be better if it had a husky or a shepherd. It might have there. a stronger taste. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would definitely... Kind of recommend this for a beginner uh, Absolutely. If, if you're not really into yeah. um, bourbon and you want to get into it uh, just because it's so mild. It, not... it definitely makes me want to try their standard Kentucky yeah. bourbon and their and their tenure. Yeah, well. it's definitely got me interested yeah, in, I'm, in I'm uh, the rest of their... I'm trying the rest of their bourbons. Yeah, their other breeds. Their other... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, All right, so when we do the GSP one, we'll have to get my dad a, a glass of it so he can try it. Uh, so let's uh, transition a little bit. Um, you, you see a lot of uh, stuff online and... Um, you know, on podcasts about hunting dogs while they're hunting, um, training, training what equipment that, yeah. to use, everything. Uh, but what is it like to own a hunting dog in a home setting, especially a GSP? And uh, I know earlier you kind of said you had reservations um, about it being a, a, a home dog. I was really considering a Brittany uh-huh. um, because of that. I mean, we've only been used to a multi poo uh, or our dog before Buster, who was a. Uh, a Jack, Jack Russell, Russell Terrier mix, and to go from that to a GSP was seemed just extreme, you mm-hmm. know. And basically, I took a step of faith. Yeah. <laughs> the 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 breeder or the trainer brought him here, and um, he seemed pretty calm. And he was already older, so I didn't go through the puppy stage. I got him at a year and a half. Yeah. So I didn't have to go through the puppy stage, and I was hoping that he wasn't going to be like destroying the backyard and the inside. He doesn't do any of that. He's he's a great house dog. Um, he loves women, 
loves my wife, loves my daughter. They love him. Um, he's very calm and relaxed in the house. He gets excited in the morning because he knows when we're going to go out and work out. We're going to yeah. go out and do some stuff. If he sees the the uh, Garmin collar, gets really excited. <laughs> and he knows he's going to go run a little bit. And today he was a little upset because we went and did some uh, clay shooting. And he saw the shotguns and didn't get to go. <laughs> <laughs> Poor dog. He's a fantastic house dog. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no gripes about him. He's pretty obedient. Uh, he's protective. He didn't like people. He barked at both of you guys. Yeah, yeah. even though he knows us and knows, knows me. He's like, somebody's coming through and everybody I know is in this house. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's and then it was like, bark, bark, bark. And then like, oh, Ryan. Cool. Yeah. What's oh, yeah, up? let me smell you. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, I know who you are. Yeah. He's, he, um, he's very lovable. Yeah. He sleeps in the bed with Caitlin. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he yeah. seemed to be a very gentle dog all the yeah. uh, uh, the times I've been around him. Um, do you think it might be because of your um, the time you have with him, you know, all your exercise and... Versus maybe someone who's yeah. working a 40-hour work week? Uh, do you think if someone didn't have a lot of time, right. it I, might they might get a little stir-crazy? I do, because I'm off every day, so I get to spend time with them. But I know a lot of the guys will keep them in their um, kennels. And they'll come home and run them. Um, nobody's here, so I don't know what they do, but they keep him in a kennel. He's yeah. comfortable in a kennel as well. And we kept him in a kennel for a long time when we first got him. We would always keep him in a kennel. That's good. let him run around. Yeah. Really. So we got to the point where it's like, you know, he doesn't get really free reign of anything. Um, and I don't know if that made a difference or if it's just natural with him, which made me want to get that little puppy GSP from the same breeder. <laughs> it might have been a different story with yeah. a puppy. Yeah. You know, it could be completely different. Yeah. Well, I know I was really worried when you got him initially because as much as I wanted you to get a hunting dog and, and, and everything, um, we raised uh, Sierra as a puppy at eight weeks. And, I mean, you, you saw her. She was crazy right. and just... Yeah, like, that dog was insane. And Siberian Huskies are, are high energy. They're insane yeah. dogs. They have a mind of their own. They do their, their own stuff. And, and now that she's old, I mean, or not old, but older, like, I mean, you guys have seen her. She's lazy. She's right. the laziest Husky I think I've ever laid eyes you, on. You know, it's funny. I know this is not a, a podcast about Ryan's dog, but when, when Ryan's dog was young, um, I would try to tire that dog out. And it, it was uh, it. almost 100% of the time, he, uh, I would get tired before that dog. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that's yeah, how she was. We used to have to run her all the time. And so my my worry was knowing what I knew about German short-haired pointers. Yeah. Typically being a higher-energy dog, I thought, oh, my goodness. If this is what my Husky's like, the GSP is going to be way worse. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, he he. I knew he was hyper when you first had him for a while. but He was. He's definitely um, just such a calm, well-behaved dog when he's here at the house. He has toned down. Yeah. That being said, I take him out every morning. Yeah. Um, like in the morning, and he's excited in the morning because because it's it's what he expects. It's his routine. <laughs> he, you know, he'll come down. He, first, he comes in. He wakes me up, and I wake up early anyway, so yeah. I'm usually awake, and I make him go back to sleep for a little bit. So. I, have him lay down, and he can do that for a little bit. But once you, if the windows are open and the birds are chirping, it's like, I, I, let's go do something, Dad. <laughs> we come downstairs, and he's excited. He wants to go do stuff, and you know, I'll let him run in the backyard while I get a cup of coffee. And if I sit in the backyard and have my cup of coffee with him, 
he can, he's okay. But once we come in, he'll run right to the collar. He'll <laughs> run right to the leash and stare at him and stare at me. Like, come on, let's go. Right. Once I get him worked out, he comes back and he goes up and sees his mom. <laughs> <laughs> and he's done. He's like in relax mode. Yeah. That's so, awesome. So um, what... Uh, we have a question on here. What is your typical daily routine? Is that pretty much it? I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll start the morning out and he free runs. So we'll, okay. we'll, I'll play fetch with them. I'll do drills, try to get him to heal, try to get him to stay and whatever it is. Simple, simple stuff. It's off season stuff, you know, and, and right now I can't get live birds to take them and train with them because of Newcastle disease. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, otherwise we'd be going to, going to do that. So we'll do that. We'll look for points, so I'll look for quail and see if he can get some pointing in on quail. Um, we'll do that kind of stuff. And he never gets anything for free, so he doesn't get his meal unless he does something for it. And that could be stay. I'll make him, I'll make him hold that stay position for a while until I walk away or, or go inside the house, and he'll just stare until I give him the okay. Yeah. So I'm always doing some sort of training with him. That's good. And he's figuring it out. He knows where he can sleep. He knows where his beds are. He's even got his pickup spot, the seat in the back. Oh the yeah, small seat in yeah, the back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he sits in the back there. Him and I fight over that. Yeah. Seat well, he was he was uh, trying to uh, get into my territory in the front seat the last time. <laughs> I've let him in the front seat, and he'll. It'll. It's interesting because he sits like a passenger forward. Uh, yeah. With his head looking forward, just staring with a ball in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, ever since you got him, though, him and I fight over that little seat. Because <laughs> that's yeah. my seat. That's I right. was the bird dog before Yeah, you were Sam. the bird dog before. <laughs> bird dog. Yeah, right. was true. Sleep all the way to the hunting destination. <laughs> Four-wheel drive for an hour, <laughs> smacking my head up against the window, just knocked out cold. And then be like, oh, cool, we're here, time to hunt. Where's my shotgun? Come on, let's go. Yeah, we'd go, we'd go hey, Ryan, uh, what's on the other side of that ridge? <laughs> that was me. <laughs> <laughs> it was getting so dark out there, and it was freezing, and I had no idea where we were. What's that big thing yeah, over there, man? Guzzler. Can you go run over there? I think it's a guzzler. <laughs> See if it's worth going. Yeah, so then I run all the way over there, and you're like, so what is it? It's like nothing. It's just a stick. <laughs> Oh, cool! Thanks. You can come back now. <laughs> so, so Sam's energy level big in the morning. Does he get like a burst of energy after uh, after your run? Like maybe in the afternoon after a couple hours of relaxing. Uh, you know what? He's more active in the winter, colder okay. months. Now that it's summertime, he's a lazy dog. He's lazy like everybody else. He's a little bit lazy, but you know, you see on the walls, there's lizards everywhere. Oh yeah. And so oh yeah. And bugs take, and everything. And lizards. Lizards. I'll take them again in the afternoon. Yeah. A lot of times for, we'll just go for a walk. Like a quick walk. Or and whatever. I'll break them off and let them run, play with them a little bit. Um, but he'll get his exercise in the back. Awesome. I can so, even play fetch with him in the back as well. So speaking of like, cause obviously Upland games, a winter time, fall and winter time mm -hmm. season. Um, so a, how much does Sam eat? on a daily basis normally and then what is the difference in diet during hunting season winter summer any any of that i think because we he works out pretty good so i keep the food level at the same oh okay um, do you change his food from like a performance food to i was using the performance food but in the house it gave him horrible gas <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah it's still a, it's still somewhat of a higher end food yeah yeah um, and he eats everything, so mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But it seems the food I'm using with him seems to work with him. Yeah. 
And I know you can feed them twice a day or once a day. It seems to work out. After a workout, I'll feed them. Okay. And it's just a small amount, a cup. Yeah. Um, and then in the evening, he'll eat again, and it'll be two cups. So he okay. gets three cups a three day. Three cups a day. Yeah. Okay. Actually, sometimes it'll be a little bit more. Okay. And he's fairly lean, but he's not as lean as he could be. Yeah. Well, I noticed he was extremely lean during hunting season, and then once hunting season ended... He started to bulk up a little bit more, which I'm sure during hunting season again, he'll cut down on weight. Well, his his runs will be a lot more. Yeah, yeah. He's, you don't put those big thirty pound days. days yeah. you know, well, 30 30 mile mile days. Days. and that's how both my dogs are, and they're not hunting dogs. But I run a lot more during the fall and winter when it's cooler outside. When yeah, it's so hundred degrees, easy. I'm not running them. I can't run them until eleven at night because the right. pavement doesn't cool down. So, right. and that's the other thing that I have we have to worry about here in Southern California is you've got. The pavement is, if it's 105 outside, the pavement's well over 150 or 140 or whatever, asphalt for sure. Um, so I know that they fluctuate during the winter. They lose a lot of weight. Um, you'd think that they would gain it, but yeah. But no, we're way more active during the fall and winter. Yeah, and I'm hoping he'll get a lot more hunting days this year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. A lot more. And yeah. Maybe even a few where I can stay out for four days straight with them yeah go camp and just yeah. go and yeah and just go hunt well sign me up for one of those yeah okay. sam uh <laughs> i'll go on that trip okay <laughs> sam was pretty much when, when did you get him december 23rd okay yeah so sam was right smack dab in the middle that's crazy that is pretty crazy that's my uh baby's due date oh <laughs> it is uh, <laughs> it's my yeah. grandson's due date <laughs> yeah yeah um, <laughs> We might have that, to that's name him that's Sam pretty funny. Now. Yeah. Well, Sam's gonna have to uh, Sam's birthday and yeah, <laughs> and the new baby. Compete. We're gonna have to compete. But um, yeah, so that's right smack dab in the middle of hunting season, um, and it was kind of uh, you know not really planned. I mean, it was you know the opportunity right. came up and you got it. Um, so this season we'll you'll, you'll have a lot more time to plan and right. And and I got him. At the, it was actually more towards the end. Yeah. Because I didn't want to take him out without a GPS collar. Just right. Not that I knew how to control him with it, but at least I could track, track him. him. <laughs> well, we figured amazing. it out really quick. I mean, as soon as I figured out how to tone him, and, and, and I remember being out there, mm -hmm. and I go, oh, this is the button we used to tone yeah. him. That's cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, and uh, I mean, he responded right away, right. which was cool. And I played with him a little bit before, uh, just just with the tone. I didn't know how the rest of the stuff worked. Yeah. You ended up setting it all up. Yeah. But, uh yeah. Hopefully this year we'll get a lot of days. Yeah. Well, maybe, we have maybe even out of state days. Sometime. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Yeah. If anybody we, in Arizona knows. Uh, yeah, I wonder if we have any listeners in Arizona that know Man, good places be to be nice. Because yeah. <laughs> I hear Arizona is the gamble quail capital of the world. More gamble quail than any other state. Dang. Huh. Oh well, if any of you guys live in Arizona, you can kind of do some research and maybe network with some people that that hunt out there. I'm sure they have a uh, quail forever uh, Phoenix <laughs> chapter. Or, Phoenix chapter. Yeah. yeah something Speaking like of that. quail forever, I'm going to plug quail forever. <laughs> that's, that's quail perfect. forever, pheasant forever, or one of those, any of those backwoods, uh, what are they called? Uh, not backwoods, um, backcountry hunters and anglers. Uh -huh. um, Ducks Unlimited, Ducks those Unlimited, types of Unlimited, okay. all those places are all about conservation, mm -hmm. habitat. Anybody who hunts, and wants to learn more about hunting or even cares about public lands should at least get a membership. Yeah. Dang, dude. 
I guess it looks like we're going to have to join, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean... We can't uh, really be advocates of a hunting podcast, of when hunting podcast. That's true. <laughs> even, if you don't, even if you don't go out and, and do what yeah. we do, you know, go maintain guzzlers yeah. or create habitat, but even a membership pays for it, so it allows you allows us to do that. Right, it's like do- donation money, so right. to speak. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people understand what uh, they actually do. They think it's just a bunch of people that like hunting getting together and <laughs> yeah, talking about and shooting talking stuff. About whales. <laughs> no, and if it wasn't for, for those organizations, all public land would, would shrink. Yeah. And not only the birds that we hunt, but all the wildlife that's out there as well. Right. Yeah. All the songbirds. All the turtles and desert tortoises, all the, all the big life. games, rabbits, yeah. plant life, bees, well, butterflies. I, I know one of the big issues we're having in the state right now is the illegal uh, like cultivation of marijuana throughout our wildland areas, and it's decimating our uh, upland game and our big right. game, and and a lot of the and, and the reason why it's decimating them is because it's killing off a lot of the plants that naturally grow there. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, but but I know you guys do a lot of work with the guzzlers and things like that and maintaining all of that so that we can all go out and hunt. Let me ask you this for uh, uh, Pheasant Forever, Quail Forever, any of those. Someone like myself or like Theodore who has a job and is working all the time, are there things that we could volunteer for that maybe aren't during the week or oh, yeah. at other, other times? Everybody, nope, not everybody's like me <laughs> or they're retired. Everybody works just about. So yeah. all the things that we do, and we'll do it monthly, is on a weekend. Oh, awesome. A Saturday or Sunday. Okay. And then um, even doing things for kids, for uh, youth shoots, youth hunts, yeah, and things like that. Volunteering to guide with their dogs, um, maintaining guzzlers, habitat. Well, know, I know they did the um, BB gun booth at the local shooting sports right. fair. They're going to do it again this month. Oh, excellent. Oh, yeah. yeah they're doing the family, family shooting or youth, youth shooting day or right. something like that. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so yes, there is a lot of things, a lot that you guys can do. Excellent. And you don't have to go to everything, you know. Yeah. The other thing is um, put the word out and let other people know, Yeah. which makes the membership better, which provides more funding, which creates more public land and creates better habitat, and it's good for everybody. Yeah. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I hear that our local chapter gets pizza like once a month. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. <laughs> it's a bad, it's a, you guys might like the backcountry hunters and anglers. I think they have like pint nights. No. Nice. Oh, well, well you, you're not a beer drinker. Not much of a beer drinker, but well, I mean, they, whiskey they, nights. They have whiskey night. Bird Between, dog. Do a whiskey night. Yeah. We can do a smoke the podcast night. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, we, we need to definitely look into. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think you might have sold me on that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I think I'm, I'm in. And maybe anybody in Arizona, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we have some other listeners that are close by, too, that probably would benefit from joining some kind of organization like that. Right. What's funny is that I get nothing from, like, um, uh, advertising-wise. I get nothing yeah. from Pheasant Forever or Quail Forever, but I get stuff all the time from Ducks Unlimited. Like, once a month, I get yeah, labels from Ducks Unlimited and... Um, I know, and I don't know how much Pheasant or Quail Forever is, but I know Ducks Unlimited is $35 for the year. And it's, it's a flat rate, and it's uh, tax write-off as right. well. It's the same. Um, yeah, so I, I've I been think debating. That's probably the popularity of Upland Game is just not as big. but There's a bigger waterfront yeah. population. Yeah. But I, honestly, it, it all goes to a good cause, and to be a member of both. And I, I know this year I'm 
really considering getting into waterfowl hunting. So, uh, which I know is going to open up another wormhole of having to buy stuff equipment. To buy. And well, Sam is a versatile hunting dog. He is, and I think I know Sierra likes the water, so <laughs> she'll be the first Siberian husky to retrieve ducks. Uh, yeah, Sam does I, like water retrieves. I have a feeling that she'll. Get to the duck, but not retrieve it. Yeah, like get it, grab it, and then and just then eat, eat it. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could see her doing that. Um, one last question for you, um, just one that that I'm sure we have some listeners out there. I, I kind of already know a little bit of uh, the answer to this, but what is the expense difference in owning a hunting dog versus a pet dog or uh, house dog? Nothing. No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe a little bit more. <laughs> not, we're not asking actual dollars, but just... Yeah, I don't know what it is, actual dollars, but when you're running out in the desert with cactus and rocks and um, you have a dog that puts his nose in every single hole that he sees, mm-hmm. yeah. um, they get hurt, you know? Yeah. And unfortunately for Sam, he had already got some sort of an infection out there, and I'm not sure how it happened, and I don't know if it was something that bit him, but... That ended up costing me money to get them repaired for that. Yeah. As far as the maintenance of it, you know. Normal food and. Normal food, and you're 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 going to the vet and getting the standard shots. Although I've got him snake braked, okay. snake avoidance trained. Right. Um, Eighty dollars or whatever it is. There's quite a few places that do it. Um, I got him the vaccinations too. Yeah. So I figured if I'm going to be out there, or try to keep him as healthy as possible. Right. And obviously, the thanks call. to you, I got a first aid kit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't have to pay for that because you gave it to me. <laughs> yeah. But you got to have a pretty good first aid kit. Yes. You know, yeah. being a paramedic is going to help having the knowledge, hopefully never have to use it. Right. Um, yeah. That and what was, oh, the collar. Collar. Yeah. And yeah. collar's an initial price, you know. Right. It's yeah. like one of those things you're going to buy and you're going to, you only have to buy it once. Yeah. And if you get other dogs, you can buy Multiple collars. And work off the same handheld right. unit. Right. Right. Okay. So, cool. yeah, there's some expenses to it. You know what? There's expenses to everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, it's cheap to buy a shotgun, shotgun shells, get your license and go do it. But you got to drive to it, you know. I'm putting, I put literally thousands of miles on my pickup. <laughs> and not, not only that, I mean the uh, thousands of miles, but a lot of people can't do thousands of miles plus hundreds of off-road miles. Right. Um, because I mean, we've gotten way back there Yeah. for a couple of those trips. Serious <laughs> off-road miles um, on my truck. One yeah. of, that's one of my favorite stories to tell people is, uh, we got out to our, our hunting spot early in the morning before the right, right. We got to the spot right at, uh, uh, with Sun the sunrise. Up. Yeah. Um, and when we drove back, we were commenting like, man, we did this all in the dark and didn't realize like how treacherous it was until we were coming back. Like, wow, I can't believe we made it. Straddling yeah. these big ruts. In the- yeah. <laughs> that was, that, oh, I was like sick to my stomach coming back on that, knowing like we did this in the dark. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's but, true. You know, you know yeah. so, so the, yes, you're going to pay more in your vehicle too. Yeah. Because takes its toll but that's yeah. just the cost of hunting in general not necessarily yeah. that you can't really attribute that to a dog but no yeah just, of just course. the sport in general that, that's that's more of a hobby related yeah. thing i was thinking more of the difference between owning just a, a pet dog and a, and a hunting, Compared dog. To yeah. hunting dog i mean there might there's obviously going to be more you know yeah. a, a show dog is going to cost a lot well, as well probably yeah. more than a hunting dog yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i mean i can imagine um i would say from 
knowing you and, and your relationship with Sam and everything, I would say the two things would be uh, maybe the higher-end food that a normal person wouldn't give to their dog, even though a lot of people do give their dogs high-end food, but uh, the, the vet bills only because I've seen Sam just run headfirst into anything. Right. And um, even without getting that infection, I mean, you, you just never know. He might like nick his nose and right. need, you know, stitches. Or, I mean, you know, he's, uh, he's fearless. Yes, you just yeah. saw him grab a lizard off a <clears throat> broken block, uh, wall. block wall with At full speed. <laughs> yeah, it's like 20 grit sandpaper with <laughs> lumpy. I'm like, why did you just smashed your face on that? Like, you know, yeah, he didn't come back with any blood. No, he's fine. Yeah. yeah, dogs are resilient. They are. They're resilient, and you know that is definitely something. There's a definite cost to to having it, but I think all dogs. And if you, you know, it's up to you too. You can take them on uh, in dog trials. There's organizations out there, mm-hmm. um, and you'll spend money in those organizations as well. But they're good because they help you train your dog. Yeah, you know, um, they know what they're doing. They've seen a lot of them. You know, there's a lot of ways to go about it. I've done it myself, but there's a lot of trainers out there that will train for you, and you can work with them. Um, join Navda, um, a group that trains with other dogs that have other people that have hunting dogs yeah yeah i think um one thing is to get training yourself too as a as a dog handler yeah um because the it seems like sam just knows what to do um and (laughs) as as you're getting better with directing him he's getting better as a hunting dog yeah we're both learning yeah 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 i've read a lot of books I listen to a lot of podcasts. Not that those are the end all, you know. Yeah, I mean, you're, but yeah, but, but the, you pick up you pick up so many little things, and you try with each person. And I noticed, um, you know, with Sam, you might try one thing, or I'll tell him one thing, and he'll he'll respond to it. And you tell him the same thing a different way, and it's like, yeah, I don't I don't get that, you know. And right. So I think it's you know maybe not the end all, but it's one of those things where if you're learning a bunch from a bunch of different avenues. You have all of those little pieces to pick from and yeah. figure out what works best for you and your dog. And he's not a uh, definitely not a perfect dog by <laughs> imagination, because um, he's flat out looked me in the eyes and ignored me. Yeah, I've yeah. seen it. Um, <laughs> you know. Like, yeah, no, I'm not gonna go that way. Right. Yeah, I would say the the one thing um, that was pretty funny about Sam is uh, you kind of warned me the last time we went out, and you said, okay, well, once Sam gets off the car. And he realizes he's hunting. He's going to be uncontrollable for about 15, 10, 15 minutes. And yeah, you were right. I mean, Sam was just running back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. I mean, just nonstop, full dead sprint for like 10 minutes. Yeah. And then he kind of, I don't know if he wore, wears himself out or what, but then he kind of settles into right. to right, sniffing around. Let's do this for real. Yeah. Do that. You know, he does that when I take him out here. He'll, yeah. uh, I got to let him smell it all get it all in he's got the lay of the land and it's like okay and he comes back to me it's like okay i'm ready to finish now <laughs> yeah what do you want to do now <laughs> you know and i've kind of learned to let him do that yeah but a good story before you guys close when we were hunting that day um you remember sam takes off running i think on one of the birds that oh we, yeah that was maybe one of the first birds yeah yeah that we missed and he wanted to get that thing because it was flying low enough where he thought he could get it. <laughs> he takes off, and we didn't really pay attention, but he ran. And then when he came back, he he wasn't running anymore, and he couldn't make the leap over the canal. Yeah. How how wide would you say that canal was? <laughs> no, it was really wide. Yeah. 
It was a full speed. He, I don't know how much air time he had to, to do that. Well, I seen him make that jump the second time he did it. And I mean, he, he, because he, uh, it, it's kind of like angled coming out. So mm -hmm. his, his back paws hit the, hit the back. I mean, he barely made it up, <laughs> up and over. But yeah. I mean, that was a leap. I could not believe, I mean, just not thinking about it, just boom. I, I don't know how far it was, but it was yeah. far. Yeah. And when he came back, he wasn't running. He would just get in it. And then I'd have to pull him out. <laughs> yeah, because he couldn't <laughs> get out. Yeah. I'm reaching in there, grabbing his collar, pulling him out. And then I think eventually out. he just uh, did it on purpose to cool down. Right. He would cool down and drink water. <laughs> yeah. That was his place to cool down and drink That's water. Funny. Yeah. And it's a good good way to get the mud off him. Yeah. 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 Um, so, uh, you have anything else? You want to add anything? or? Uh, no. I think uh, it was good. I think everybody you know? should get a GSP. I think everybody should get a GSP. <laughs> everybody should join Quail Forever, Pheasant Forever. Backcountry hunters and anglers, <laughs> ducks unlimited, ducks unlimited. <laughs> um, or one of those groups, and um, yeah, find the one that you're most passionate about. Right. They have them for everyone: turkey hunters, right. uh, buck hunters, grouse, grouse elk. Um, and yeah, if, if, if you're a big game hunter, then join a big game club. Right. You know. Yeah, um, I'll give everybody my standard advice: do your research. You yeah. know, do your research. do your research. Find a dog that fits your um, your hunting style, what you want to hunt for. Exactly. Um, and the same thing with joining a club, you know, yeah, right. Or picking a shotgun yeah. or, or anything. Like that find, find people that are, that have dogs Yeah, and you can always work with them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah I've noticed since you've joined the coil forever, you've kind of learned a lot from those people. I yeah. Have. Um, yeah. They, they've, they've really yeah. given you a lot of pointers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you gave me a lot of pointers, but I only took one. <laughs> <Let me> get it. <laughs> Um, and, and hunting with a dog is extremely enjoyable. So if anybody wants to hunt with a dog and you are inclined to have to the canine. Yeah. It, it's neat. It is really is. Neat. It is um, neat. Just to see, the, see that dog work. Oh, there he goes. Yeah, there he I goes. Think, I think uh, Sam's on patrol. So he's telling us we need to, we need to wrap, wrap it up. up. Wrap it up. I've been um, quiet long enough. Yeah. yeah. So I'll say bird dog whiskey if you're a beginning bourbon drinker. Uh, give it a try. Give it a try on the rocks if you're experienced. I would say go neat because honestly, it's pretty good. Pretty um, good neat. So follow us on Facebook, Instagram at Smoke the Podcast. Thank you, Uncle Frank. Yeah, uh, thank you for sharing for me. Sharing your uh, your story with us with <laughs> your your uh, stories of Sam. Adventures of Sam. Yep. And, yeah, um, I'm sure we'll have have more uh, to come after this coming season. I think this yeah, season uh, yeah, we will. We'll probably come back and and give everybody an update on how Sam did this this last or this this upcoming season. Yeah. So, thank right. you guys for listening, and have a great night.